It's Tuesday, October 10th here on the Sleepers Podcast, coming to you from my doctor's office. Uh, I had a great doctor's appointment this morning, and if you pull out some sort of food right now, I will be baffled because I've been talking to you on the Zoom call for 45 minutes, and whatever you had got cold. Yeah, no, no food today. Uh, actually, stomach's not feeling the best. So uh actually just went with a classic Celsius sparkling orange, my favorite flavor. Uh, nice little caffeine boost, nice little, you know, carbonation to settle the stomach a little bit. Uh, no, no food this morning, unfortunately. I thought we didn't do free ads. I thought that was like a staple of this program, except for Big B, of course. But here we are giving free ads to Celsius. I mean, I I, I probably could have like exited out or something. That's on me, but it's also a condensational can. So would have just slid off. Also, maybe we are a pro free ads podcast. I don't know that we ever defined that we're against free ads. Maybe we're the podcast that loves free ads. Until someone actually pays us for ads. <laughs> but maybe if we do more free ads, then people will want a monopoly on the free ads and pay us for the free ads. I will say this. We gave a leg up to Bigby, and they didn't take yeah. advantage. And I just want you to know that on a daily basis, there are people sending us pictures of their Big B cups, okay? So that's a thing. We got some pull, and we're trying to throw y'all a bone. So let's work together, all right? How many times do I got to slide to your DMs? Yeah, shout out to Bryce, by the way, who uh, always sends us Big B orders when he's there. I did get real Big B today, by the way, speaking of free ads. so Classic, right at the middle of the B, ice gone, just... The ice is not gone. Just so predictable, man. The ice is not gone. We've been on this call for an hour, man, doing some business talk. It's not our fault that former NBA All-Stars are messaging you having a problem with things that you say. That's what we've had to deal with today. Do you want to address the elephant in the room on that? I love everybody. I truly do. I don't hate anybody. I mean, there's definitely some people I do hate. I mean, like Eric Ebron, hate them. Um, you know, Trump, not the biggest fan. Uh, but not like a political podcast, not a political podcast. Oh, sorry, podcast. not a political podcast. <laughs> Basically, Eric Ebron. Besides that, I don't hate anybody. I swear, man, it can be so difficult to run a business with you. Like, ever since we've asked people to like actually financially contribute to make this show go, now I have to actually worry about things you say. And like we just talked three days ago about how we got to be more neutral, we got to yeah. piss people off, and now here you are five seconds into an episode saying you hate Trump. Yeah, it's on me. I pod, but also like on <laughs> out of us two, if sleepers was to go down over some phrases, it would be your phrases. I don't know at the rate you're firing off phrases this morning. I feel like this could be it, but. Yeah, the betting odds would be like minus one thirty for me for sure, and you're yeah. plus plus one ten probably. Where um, the sprinkle? I don't know. I th- I still think we go well together. Should I talk about the drama in my DMs? Since you you have NBA superstars in your DMs, I just have men of a certain age range that are upset with me. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we definitely got to address that. So okay, this guy uh, he DM'd me again. The guy that left our Discord. And uh, I think he was n- upset that we talked about what he said on yesterday's show after being upset enough to leave the Discord. Well, now he's going to be upset that we're talking again. So this is just like spiraling. I thought about it, Cart. I think it's funnier at this point 
if I just communicate as if I'm the Zodiac killer with this guy, like <laughs> I, you only hear from me in like letters. You only hear from me on the shelf. Like I could easily just DM him and respond to him. But like, if he says he doesn't support the show anymore, why would I even spend my energy on that? And look, here's the truth. Our lives are content now. Like our, our lives are entertainment served up on a platter for anyone who wants to listen or watch to it. And uh, for better or for worse, somebody leaving our discord is a part of my life that we're going to talk about. So um, again, sorry, I offended you. Sorry. I keep talking about it on the show, but if you keep DMing me, I'm going to keep talking about it on the show, my friend. Uh, so anyways, weird morning. That's the, the vibes going into this episode are that you and I have various fires to deal with via direct message. And yours come from one of the most exciting basketball players of our generation and mine comes from a man who doesn't like us. Yeah. Which I'm you know, I consider ourselves pretty likable guys, not to toot our own horns. I don't think we we necessarily antagonize anybody or do anything like that or even really mean any ill will in anything we say. So I do feel like I need to get this out there that we don't intentionally say anything or wish ill will upon anyone. Um, we are an entertainment podcast. Oh, sorry, let me read my my statement that was made by our PR team. Uh, we are an entertainment podcast, and we strive to do that. So sometimes we might joke or take shots at the expense of some people, but it's never truly meant in any type of anger or malicious fashion. Malicious fashion. We love everybody. Yeah, that's the hard part of this is that when someone discovers us for the first time, and this happens more than you would think, right? Yeah. Like that they're like it or not, somehow we've made enough waves that like real people who matter in college sports have now seen or heard us. And like a lot of times, if your first entry point is someone sending you a video and you've never heard us or seen us and they say, watch this, they're talking about someone that you know personally, and then the person watches it, they're going to hear us make jokes and not understand that they're jokes. Like we, we, at the end of the day, we are part comedy. We are an entertainment college basketball show, an entertainment sports show. And uh, I think that can go over people's heads sometimes. People can take offense to things that we say without realizing it's meant completely as a joke. Uh, in our heart of hearts, Cart, I believe this. I don't know if you believe this. In our heart of hearts, I think we're both very good people. And I think we're uh, pretty kind-hearted. And generally, we want the best for everyone. But that can definitely be lost and missed from people who are exposed to us for the first time when they just see a clip. So uh, anyways, sorry to anyone out there who's offended by anything we say. Please don't hate us. We mean this all as love. And uh, if any other NBA superstar dunk contest winners would like to get back uh in our dms on a more positive note know that our door is open if you want to come on the show and uh just put us to the fire that's totally fair you asked for that right you're trying to get our boy on the show yeah i did i did uh there's uh there's some he took offense to some comments that i made and i said that you know if first of all i apologize i wasn't trying to uh insult or make anything personal about this i don't want to make things personal especially with kids that are younger than me <laughs> that's weird um so yeah i gave him open invite to come clear things up and let me have it if he wants to so we'll see what we'll see where that goes did you tell him you were just kidding huh 
you were just kidding, right? No, no, I did not. I, I kept it a more serious tone. Okay, yeah, just tell me you were just kidding. Um, <laughs> there is a time and a place to get personal, though, right? Uh, I not really, to be honest, unless like somebody gets personal with me. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a time. But but place, but right? but yeah. But even so, like I I feel like people have said like some personal things about me. And I really just let shit roll off me. Like you can get personal about me. It's when you get personal about like stuff that's like crossing the line, like family, wife, you know, stuff like that. You get yeah. personal. You can get personal with me all you want. I don't really care. You know, tell me to eat four thousand calories a day. That's fine. I'll shake that off. But I, I don't know. We live in a different generation, different world now. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I feel like uh, there's a time and a place for getting personal, and I feel like. You more than anyone I know is prepared to get personal when needed, but like if if we were just throwing all this out, if we said we don't want to be nice guys anymore and we were gonna play the let's get personal game, I think we'd be two of the best in the game at that if we needed to be. But we don't. Oh, we don't need to be because we don't get personal. But if we needed to be, yeah, we don't get personal because we know how good we could be at getting personal <laughs> i think that's why we did but also we just don't want to so yeah yeah, yeah. You know. okay. all right well let's move on to a great show let's have a positive happy little show today that hopefully all ages and all demographics can enjoy uh do you want to start us off with the carter elliott comment of the day i do this one comes from uncle philip farm and i actually found this comment very interesting uh, I heard a comparison to last year's Illinois team to this year's Indiana team. Lots of talent, obvious obvious chemistry issues. But last year, Illinois had Terrence Shannon. Indiana doesn't have a guy this year. That's pretty damn accurate, I think. How do you feel about that? I think that's true. I saw this comment yesterday and I was like, huh, I haven't thought of it that way. I, they, that, that's, I think that's why it spiked, spiked my intrigue because I really didn't think like, yes, it is kind of similar, but they don't really have a guy. I mean, maybe Xavier Johnson wants to be that guy or thinks he's that guy or Coach Woodson wants him to be that guy. But, you know, we really don't know that until we see what it looks like. Who do you think Indiana wants to be their guy? Like in a best case scenario world, does Indiana want Kellel Ware to be their best player this year? Honestly, I think in a perfect world, I think nine out of ten Indiana fans would say Xavier Johnson. Okay, like that's who they want to be the guy. That's yeah. I think that's that's that was that's what would best serve Indiana as a basketball team. But also, I think that's why our, some of our Indiana reserve comes from is that if you're expecting it to be Xavier Johnson, that's not a guaranteed thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no. risk involved, right? There's risk involved yes. with almost all Indiana players on this team. There's there's risk to various extents with every player in the conference. But um, far except Trey, except Trey Galloway, I will say that Indiana, I think Trey Galloway is just like he's he's just he's a steady piece. He's a I think he's good in his role. Uh, if you expect him to do more, don't know what that looks like, but you can guarantee that he will just do the right thing, be out there, play extremely hard, do what the coach wants. Like every team needs those type of players. They need some type of steadiness. Uh, you just want to have steadiness from more than one player typically. Yeah. Be in the right spot, get good grades, sneaky, steady, great hair, sneaky, sneaky, steady for sure. <laughs> sneaky, steady, <laughs> crazy man. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I actually like that call out. That's a really good comment. And I think that almost makes me want to do a whole conversation. Maybe we could segment it out this week on like who in a best case scenario world, the, the season goes to plan for all these teams. Who's their best player? Like who's their leading scorer? What does that actually look like? Because there's some interesting ones you could talk about. It's not just Indiana. Indiana might be the most controversial because I would have said Kalel Wares, who they want to be their best player. But now that I think about it, I think you're right. It's probably Xavier Johnson. Um, I, like Iowa, do they want Peyton Sanford to be their best player? Are they going to try and have him score 18 a game? Or is it the Tony Perkins show? Like mm-hmm. Michigan, but, is it Doug? Yeah, or is it, is it Kamwa? Like, I, that's actually a really fascinating Wait, discussion. I I like that exercise. You, can, can we like write that down for tomorrow? Maybe. Yeah, we can write that down. I'm kind of tempted to just like on the fly bump something from today's show, but I have one non-negotiable segment, and we got yeah. it. Yeah, guys, guys. Do do we bump the other segment? You make the call. I no, because if we're gonna run that other segment, we got to do it today. Yeah, no, no. Let's keep it, but let's actually what put put a little note. I'm, I got my. My, my little sleepers notebook here that I always jot stuff down while we're recording. I'm jotting that idea down because that needs to be on an episode. I yeah. love that. Credit to us. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, okay, here we are. Let's move on. Oh, deep breaths. Positive start to this episode. I like that. That was <laughs> really good energy. Uh, yeah. Yesterday's comments start with Macon who says that Baylor last year had three guards average 15 plus points a game. I kind of think MSU's backcourt could do something similar this season, maybe not all 15. And then before we respond to this traveling gonad jumped right in and said to use the numbers during the last number of games argument that Greg used for Doug Tyson, AJ and Jaden averaged 16 and a half, 13 and 11 points per game over the last 12 games of the season. Carter was basically arguing for Jaden to average one more point per game than last. I think we can all agree that that is very possible. Throw it back to you because I went back and listened to our Michigan State player discussion. Uh, I snapped on you for sure. Shouldn't have done that. Probably went a little overboard. Not the first or the last time that that will happen between you and I when we're (laughs) podcasting. But uh, I stand by because I I think I was more so annoyed than anything that like I felt like I was really on fire with a clippable moment gassing up Zach Eady. And then I just got hit with like, well, what if Tyson scores 16 a game? And I'm like, that, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Uh, with that said, though, I do think I was a little harsh on like the the unlikelihood or the likelihood of these guys scoring more points a game. So uh, have you listened back to it? Do you have any additional thoughts after yesterday? Uh, I actually didn't listen back to it, but I will say that um, and I, I, I actually want to give credit to somebody in the comments, but I don't remember who said it. Uh, but whoever did say it in the comments, uh, I appreciate it because it got me thinking that play style will be a little bit different. And actually, you brought it up, too. I think you said that Michigan State obviously has been like one of the slower teams uh, these past couple of years. And that's really unlike them. Typically, they're a team that likes to run. You have A.J. Hogard, who's a point guard who can get it out and run, but you didn't really have the bigs or, you know, the other type of players to supplement that. You know, Joey Hauser was great as a trailer. Matty Sissoko is not really a rim runner necessarily, He's like, you know, to, to get the defense going and get everybody going. So it's, it'll be interesting to see if the play style is adjusted at all this season because, you know, you'll have – uh, more athletes, I think, on the floor. Now, not maybe not necessarily starting because who knows who starts on this team, but 
when you have minutes with guys like Cohen Carr, Booker on the floor, you know, you I think you can play a little bit faster. Um, and I'm and I'm honestly really intrigued to see what Malik Hall looks like this year too. I I, I really am. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm just interested to see what 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 we're what we can expect from him. I think that's fair. Malik's definitely like a guy you're rooting for, even as an opposing yeah. fan. Like, seems like a good guy, good player, and yeah. you would love to see him hit that next level in a way that he has. And, and sorry, and even not, not to cut you off, but even if he's obviously, I think the the issues that Michigan State fans are going to run into this season is they're expecting Malik to just come in and basically replace what Joey Hauser did. One, I don't think y'all realize what Joey Hauser did last year. It was actually special. It truly was. I mean, 14 points, damn near eight rebounds, 40% three-point shooter, um, 80-something, 90, almost 80% from the line. Like, he was the face of consistency and knockdown players. Malik, who might have more, you know, physical gifts, athletic gifts, is just to sum it up the face of inconsistency whether it be because of injuries or other things he just hasn't really found that consistent groove so it's going to be a change it's not a like for like change but it could also look different when you have Malik's athleticism uh you know granted what he looks like coming off some of the foot injuries he had those are not easy things to come back from as we discussed with other players but you know Malik's athleticism if it can show will kind of change how this team looks uh, as the, as opposed to having Joey Hauser in there. And I'm not saying it's going to change for the better or it's going to you know look better. I'm just saying it's going to look different and it's going to cause Michigan state to play different, hopefully for the, hopefully in a good fashion. Yeah, I think that's fair. More athletic uh, in theory, faster, maybe better at up-tempo, I think worse at shooting in general. Yeah. Or maybe worse at rebounding. We don't know what Xavier Booker can rebound like. Joey was Joey was such a good rebounder, man. Yeah, he was really underrated in a lot of ways. Um, but also like theoretically better defensively. I don't know. There's trade-offs. It's gonna be different. Mm-hmm. You're right. I I'm curious because I don't think I get that Joey was slow. I don't think Joey was slow enough to make this team play as slow as they did single-handedly. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I really haven't understood why they've played so slow the last couple of years. And the only the only interpretation I have of it is that like Izzo has just kind of settled on wanting to go that route differently later in his career. But I like to me, speaking as a shooter for a moment, like I don't mean to compare myself to Joey Hauser, but I'm a slow shooter. I do not have great stamina. I'm not fast. I want to play up tempo like shooters should want to get out and run when you have a great point guard. And I don't think Joey was slow enough to limit that the last couple seasons. My only theory on that is that in Izzo's head, and this is all me guessing, is that he wanted to slow it down because he didn't want to wear his guys down. Yeah, maybe the depth changes that. You could yeah, be right. Yeah, like, because, you know, no, all minutes are kind of the same, but – it just, at least in my experience, playing 20 something, 25 minutes on a team that's slow tempo and playing 25 minutes on a team that's getting up and running and going like rim to rim is a, is a whole, whole different beast. Yeah. You could be right there and they definitely have a lot more depth this season. So maybe that changes. I would, I don't know. I I guess that's probably my biggest fun question to find the answer to with Michigan state is how fast or how slow are they going to play? Cause we know that Izzo historically has loved fast teams 
during the AJ Hogarth era. He has been on very slow teams, and that doesn't seem to map with what you think AJ Hogarth would be good at. So, uh, but I do to add one final element to that. I think part of this is that he hasn't ever fully trusted AJ Hogarth. And I think like if you if you don't fully want to give a guy the keys, then you say, no, we're going to slow this down and limit some possessions. And I think yeah. that, and that, that's not us guessing, though, like Izzo's actually been on record saying, like, look, like me and AJ's relationship has been it's it's an everyday thing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they, you know, and maybe this is like the year where it just it clicks, you know, like it's just he fully trusts AJ, AJ. He fully trusts AJ. AJ fully trusts Izzo, too. It's a two way street. Yeah. You know, I hate to bring up the moment, but that Ohio State thing actually happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's it's definitely something to watch. And great job by us breaking our mold and what we talked about on not getting hung up on comments and getting off in the segments on I mean, comments. Such I'm sorry. A, such an interesting comment, man. Shout out to Macon traveling going after calling that out. But uh my official ruling on the 15 points a game thing or the the whatever the points threshold is, I was too low on what those three guys can average. It's very reasonable that they can all average double digits. My expectation would still be like Tyson 15, which I guess is a quote unquote leap. Uh, AJ Hogard 12 or 13, right around where he was last year. And Jaden is the guy who takes the leap. If if that happens, I think it's Jaden from nine to like 12, not the other two. But uh, you're right. That would qualify for what I said. I don't like the Baylor comps. Again, final ruling. Are we really like Baylor last year had two of the best guards in the country and a lottery pick. That's why they averaged 15. Like their offense was one of those three guys shoots every single time down the court and they play a faster tempo. I don't think that's a fair comparison to what Michigan state wants to do this year for pretty obvious reasons, in my opinion. So I don't know if outside of the Baylor program, there's other examples. Maybe there are, but that's where I'm at with all of this. I was too harsh yesterday. I still think it's somewhere in the middle between the two of us. Fam, uh, I responded to those comments and said they might hit those numbers if they're all playing 32 minutes a game. And in March, that could definitely happen. But during the season, I think everyone wants fierce minutes, and we know that Iz is going to play Holloman. Fam said you're not supposed to say the second half of that out loud. Trey will play eight minutes against Duke, get his lunch taken twice by Proctor, and we can all put it to rest. Does that seem like an accurate call out? Pretty much. Um, it's It's going to be some scenes – if certain players play over other certain players, let's just say that it's it's going to be a discourse. It's going to be a conversation that needs to be had. Basketball Jones had a great answer to yesterday's question from Tristan. What player is, or no, sorry. What coach is Belichick without Brady? He says Hubert Davis without Brady Manick. Ooh, that is a good one. It's a great one. I just, uh, but it's, all, it's such a small sample size. I don't love the Brady Manick to Brady compared the Brady to Brady. <laughs> yeah. Or even if you put it in like we did, we said Bayheim and Mellow, like is, is Brady Manic that ground shaking of a player? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But that's that's the best answer so far. So thank you, Basketball Jones. I love that call out. D Rose SAT says his only critique for me, Indiana prediction from today's video is I think you're underselling Woodson's NBA experience in managing player attitudes and roles. I will say there is concern for Indiana being last year's Michigan by not winning big time non-conference games as they learn to play together. They need to win one of UConn, Auburn and Kansas in assembly, which I'm not sure they will be able to do. But a lot of people like that comment as well. That was a well thought out comment from D Rose SAT. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that? Are we underselling Woodson? The, the the one thing I'll push back on that is 
it's a lot different when you're managing the egos and uh, I guess personalities of a bunch of 18 and 20 year olds instead of managing like NBA personalities of some honestly grown men. I think it's, it's I think it's a little bit different, but I will say there there's so many egos and things like that in the NBA that maybe it does help him in this situation. I, I never really truly thought about that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's a, that's a pretty fair point. I mean, I, I trust Woodson in general, cause I think he deserves a lot of credit for trace Jackson Davis's development, right? Like he got a lot better under yeah. Mike Woodson's guy. I, I, I even trust Woodson. Just if you like have a coaching checkbox thing, like, recruiting he's getting guys like you know trace jackson davis he's guy he has all americans now it's just like the next step like uh, you know making sure a roster works together and you know other things such as that uh, i feel like people sometimes take our woodson comments a little bit too far because we joke about him like, you know being old redacted word but it's just unequivocally clear pro all ages podcast yeah <laughs> uh look i it's not fading woodson with this roster it's fading the roster you could put any coach in the country and ask them to try to manage this and i would have the same concerns that i have that's where i'm at maybe i'm wrong appreciate the comment from d rose sat jay meisner is back he says it is now my dream to quit a job or anything really with quote i wish you all luck on second thought maybe i don't it's a bummer that dude left the group but damn he left us with some gold he definitely left us with some gold. Yeah, I mean, again, I cannot support the way this man left more. It made for great content. And uh, I'm sorry we're talking about it again, man, but it was hilarious. I haven't revealed your name, at least, sir. Koi D says, why did I just add the D? It's Koi. I'm sorry, Koi. You're on first name basis with this show. He says, what athletes or teams were can't miss appointment television for you? For my money, Jimmer and Manzel are up there for the best. I like to throw Carson Edwards in the mix. Mm-hmm. Carson Edwards was absolutely appointment TV for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the the cash and more specifically the cash and redacted team. Like, I just I think I realized how special those teams were in the moment, and it was such an aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball. Like high flying alley oops, genius point guard. It never felt like there was a weakness on the floor from that group when Nick Ward was at center and Langford was healthy. Um, great team. I think my true answer is obvious here, but the the Burke Michigan team, that was such a special one for me because like you gotta understand as a fan leading up to that season, I had never experienced even like a tournament berth. Like like Darius Morris getting Michigan to the tournament was like Oh my God, this is incredible. Um, and then, yeah, I know redacted. Sorry, but, uh, like I just, uh, it was so naive at the time. And I was also becoming more serious about like following basketball and I don't know, dreams of like doing this for a living. And I had been telling anyone who would listen, which was mostly just my parents who didn't care about Michigan basketball, that the day they got Mitch McGarry was the day everything changed. Like, no, nah, like we actually have it. We might be the best team in the country and nobody believes me. And then they started that year like 15 and 0. And I, I mean, I can give you so many examples of like places I was, things I should not have been watching basketball for that like I forced my way to watch every second of that team knowing how special it was in real time. 
Yeah, I, I and I think two others I want to throw out there: Kemba with UConn. Yeah, that was that was for me when I think back. Also, just Kalen Lucas, the first years at Michigan State was absolutely appointment television for me. Uh, and thirdly, just because I want to throw out, you know, any of my Michigan high school basketball listeners out there, three players in my lifetime that I just had to watch, even in like high school basketball when they played and they were appointment television across the state. I know one. Who? Doug Anderson. Doug Anderson was one of them. Uh, would have been Ray if he wasn't on my team. He was out there. Maurice Jones, Pookie, Arthur Hill, absolutely insane bucket. Played at USC, but in high school, he was absolutely something like you've never seen before. And then Keith on those Pershing teams. Keith was ridiculous, and he had 50 in a state championship game. Like, that's that's unheard of. So, crazy. Yeah. Uh, I feel obligated to give a non-Michigan answer, so I also want to throw out Eric Devendorf. Loved that's, everything about him. Oh man, Johnny Flynn. Yeah, yeah, that Syracuse team in general was probably one of my favorites. The eight overtime game. I was texting Zach Hurth that whole time, just loving every second of it. Incredible. Jumps on the scorers table, like of course he did. Uh and now I, I one of the greatest moments in the media world for me is when I was put in a text thread with Eric Devendorf. It was so hard for me to not just like word vomit about how much I love him. Uh, Malik Perry's back. He says, if Trey Holloman dunks on someone, I have to eat a shoe, I think, for Greg. I think that's the opposite way, right? I said, if Trey if Trey does the tum-tum and dunks on someone's head in a priest, then I'll eat the shoe. You don't have to eat any shoes, Malik. I don't want anyone eating shoes. I'm open to watching Malik eat a shoe if he's willing. Uh, and then Guy, our guy, who's going to play a great role in a segment later in the show, says uh, Trey might get eaten up during garbage time against JMU. Uh, that JMU game might be closer than folks think. That's a little harsh, I think. He'll be fine. Malik's final comment of the day for the entire Discord comment section. He says, Hauser was in college for five or six years with Hall, fifth season coming up. What do his stats need to be for you to finally give him his champagne P.S. His bag is way deeper than Joey Hauser's. What would it take for you, numbers wise, for Malik Hall to earn a middle name? Joseph Hauser. Just play all the games. Then Malik gets a middle name. He he needs to play all the games and needs to have his moment. Like Joseph Jamal earned his name on a on a on a very brisk Saturday afternoon while I was in Philly in hell. That man put that team on his back against Davison and the fighting lawyers. And he earned that nickname and then he earned it the whole next season. Okay. Malik, Malik's got to earn his. That was one of the highest, like most at stake Michigan state games I can think of. Cause if y'all had lost to foster lawyer after yes. running out foster lawyer, like that's, that's material for 20 years when I need yes. it. So, yes. and Joe, jo- I would say Joey pretty much single-handedly avoided that result. He did. Yeah, incredible. Hence, hence the birth of Joseph Jamal. We don't just give out names on this show. You got to earn it. So I don't know what Malik has to do, but if he earns it, I can promise you we will be there. Thanks to everybody in the Discord. Great day, as always, from the comment section. I heard a rumor. Somebody sent us a screenshot and said you can join from mobile now. Do you know what's going on with that? Uh, I, I think that they can, but the only thing is that we were telling people to not join from mobile because the mobile adds like a dollar or two onto it. Like we want y'all it's nine ninety nine, and I know it's nine ninety nine on the web. So if it's 
not that on mobile, just make sure you join on the web. Yeah. Uh, yeah, $9.99 if you join the right way on a desktop, but then you can get it on your phone. Link in every video that we do. Again, if you support us, if you like the show, we would absolutely love to see you in there. We're having a lot of fun uh, meeting and learning about who all these people are that watch the show. It's been a nice little community, and we want that community to keep growing, and it supports us in a really, really big way. We also we should do some sort of promotion before the season. I don't know what it is, but like if we hit a number of subscribers, we'll do something. Or yeah, I, I was a little demoralized because the last promo we did was one of the greatest things I ever think that we came up with, and that we would we would uh, get a jersey for if you got someone to join. I don't think anybody likes jerseys as much as I do. That's what I'm realizing. That's crazy to me. Like if there's a college basketball fan, you don't want a jersey of your team. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody who's currently in the Discord, if you can think of something we should do, or even on the YouTube channel, post a comment. If there's something that we could do for you to get you to subscribe, leave a comment, let us know, and uh, we'll likely make it happen. There's not, we're gonna, No, we will. We will make it happen. There's not really any links we won't go to. All right, to the segments. It's Big Ten Media Day today, one of our favorite days of the year, a great day that signals that basketball season is almost here. This year it is in Minneapolis. As you can tell, we are not in Minneapolis. That's a bummer. Carter, do you want to give an official statement on why Sleepers Media is not in Minneapolis at Big Ten Media Day? Uh, Because it is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you for that. Uh, (laughs) Probably a little bit of a cop-out, but simple as that. We would have uh, intended to go if it was – not in Minneapolis, and uh, or or if or if somebody wanted us to go, I guess there were some ways we would have gone in Minneapolis, but those ways ultimately did not come to fruition. So, anyways, here we are. Point is, it's a bittersweet day because I love Big Ten Media Day. One of my favorite memories, one of the best experiences that we've had as the sleepers was our first Big Ten Media Day when we had no idea what we were doing, but we just showed up and asked a bunch of fun questions to a bunch of players, and uh, in honor of that. I would like to come up with a list and present this list of six questions that we would have asked if we were at Big Ten Media Day today. We good with that? Right, we are good with that. Did we leave out my question, my 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 bit question? You can start by that honorable mention. We we did okay. talk I'm... about this ahead of time. I'm trying to play it off like we did, but we have six questions we would have asked if we were at Media Day. We will present them. We also have a few honorable mentions. Why don't you give your honorable mention? My honorable mention is I would have asked everybody what was the best song off for all the dogs. <laughs> what's that, your, that's, what's huh? your answer? What's your answer to that? Ooh. This is going to mm. tell me a lot about you and where your head's at right now. Yeah, I think I would either go... Uh, I think right now I think I'd go Amen. Uh, oh. Amen or What Would Pluto Do? Those are two of my five favorites. Does 8 a.m. in Charlotte count? See, I didn't put that in there, but that would be in my favorites, but I, but I already heard it. I think if 8 a.m. in Charlotte counts, that's the correct answer. But uh, I like your two call-outs. Kind of weird we're on the same page. Normally, we don't have the same taste in Drake songs. I really like this album. I just want to get that out there. Yeah, I we, do. We don't have the same page anymore. Let's move on from Drake talk before we lose more subscribers. Uh, my the my honorable mention for the question I would have asked is to Boo Booey, are you free this Friday? Uh, yeah, the kind of miss, but I'm shouldn't. But here's the here's our six questions. Six questions. If we were at Big Ten Media Day, this is what we would have asked. Uh, number six. Let's go in reverse order. Number six. We would ask Xavier Johnson 
how many NBA players are on this Indiana team? What do you think Xavier Johnson would say to that question? He'd say at minimum five. I think that might be low on what he would say. You think he'd say higher than that? Well, I like naming names. He's going to say the three front court guys. He's going to say himself. So at yeah. minimum, he's going to say four. And then I think he would show some love to like CJ Gunn, maybe Trey Galloway. That's I what know. I was thinking. That, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking those four for sure. And the three front court himself. So that's four. And then CJ Gunn. That's what that's literally who I thought he would say. Yeah. Okay. I wish we could ask you, Xavier Johnson. Hope you have a great day at Media Day. Wishing you the best of luck this season. Hope everything goes fantastic and all your dreams come true. Uh, bummer. This is making me so sad we're not there. To our next one, number five on Big Ten Media Day questions we wish we would have asked today. I would have asked Chris Holtman. What are you going to miss about Bryce Sensabaugh? What do you think you would say? Well, obviously, you're going to miss the Big Ten freshman of the year and one of the best scorers in the conference in a first-round NBA draft pick. That's what he'd say. That was a really good Holtman impression, honestly. That's the politically correct answer, right? Just like, And that's what, that, and that's what he'd say. A good, nice promotion for the Buckeye basketball program, a Buckeye program that we are really buying into this year. My, bu- my Buckeyes. Uh, what if he was given like some truth serum? What do you think Chris Holtman would say if, if he was put to like a lie detector test and I was just prodding him with Bryce Sensabaugh questions, what would he say? It'll be nice to play with a team that likes each other. A little more effort defensively. I'm really, I really like this group. I think we'd get a lot of that. I really like this group of guys. I really like this group of guys. I I can't wait to track tips and hustle plays this season because <laughs> I couldn't last season. To our fourth favorite question that we wish we would have asked today at Big Ten Media Day, I would go up to Braden Smith and I would ask him, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pretend you're Braden Smith here. Braden, I don't know if you saw this in the offseason or not, but uh, an Indiana – blog site made a list of the top 25 players in the big 10. Do you know where you were at on that list? I'm guessing I wasn't on there. Was I? And then my follow-up question would be, can you name the 25 players that inside the hall thinks are better than you in this conference? And I bet I would bet money. Braden Smith could name the 25 players they listed ahead of him. You think like he pulled a Draymond who was drafted before him thing? 100%. I'm on Ross St. Brown move. Like before I even get to asking the follow-up, he's midway through the teens on his list. Like he, Zed Key gets a call out quickly. We we might need to clip this and actually just tag Braden and ask him. Yeah, I think we're going to – we need to do the new thread thing. You did a thread for us yesterday. We might just need a thread every day. Of, like yeah. here's six questions we wish we would have asked at Big Ten Media Day today. And- so. I'll, I'll get in my CC bag. Brayden, go ahead. Give us uh, give us your answer to that question. We would love to know. To number three on our list of questions we wish we would have asked at Big Ten Media Day. You, actually, this is yours from Michigan State. Do you want to reveal this one? Yeah, so I want to get Jaden, AJ, and Tyson together. And on the count of three, I want them to answer at the same time, who's going to lead the team in scoring? Mm-hmm. Like, I think... I think Tyson would point to himself. I think AJ would point to himself. 
I think Jaden would point to Tyson. Ooh, what does that say about Jaden? Just like unselfish, good read of the team? All I would say is that I hope you guys realize what you just did because the guy standing next to me recording this, this is you in this situation, is going to have some think pieces on this segment, on this question. <laughs> I hope hey, you realize what you've just done. Body language PhD, man. Let, uh, fleshing out this scenario because this is kind of like the prisoner's dilemma of basketball. I love this question from you. Uh, what would be your ideal answer? Like, would your best case answer here be that all of them point to Tyson? Or would your best case answer be that all of them point to themselves? Like, as a fan, what are you rooting for their answer to be in that scenario? Tyson pointing to himself, AJ pointing to Tyson, Jaden pointing to Tyson. That's my idea. Okay. Yes. I mean, hey, uh, Honorable mention, uh, Big Ten Player of the Year, preseason, Tyson Walker, by the way. He got a vote, man. We have to acknowledge uh, I, I was just looking this up because I wasn't too sure. Do we know who Michigan State took the media day? <laughs> last year was everyone, right? <laughs> no, last year oh, – what was it? Last, last year, year they took six guys. Did they? Yes. they took Last year they took AJ, Tyson, Jaden, Madi, Malik, and Joey. I need to see who they took. I need to look up the Instagram page. I know Malik did for sure, and I know Tyson did because I think I saw them load like getting on the plane. Yeah, I, the funniest thing was last year they took absolutely everyone. This year, I would assume they would just run it back with the five without Joey and leave the freshman at home. But hmm. maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Trey Holloman got an invite this year. It's a. I don't know if you've heard this cart. Tom Izzo loves his team. <laughs> he does. Tom Izzo loves his team this year, so I, I would not be surprised if there's 13 – well, he has 12 players on this day. 12 were in Minneapolis today. To our number two favorite question, uh, I don't know what's up with my camera today. Everything's bad. This is the number two question on our list of questions we wish we would have asked at Big Ten Media Day today. Uh, to a sleeper's follower, by the way, he just uh, gave me the Twitter follow this week. I exchanged some DMs with this person. Big fan of this person right now. I would ask Jace Howard. Start, bench, and cut the following three players. Pick one to start, to bench, and to cut. Hunter Dickinson, Jed Howard, and Kobe Bufkin. I think he would answer that so quickly. What's the answer that Jace would give us? I think he'd start with cut, first of all. And he'd cut Hunter. Would he? Cut Hunter, sit, sit Jet, start Kobe. Okay, there's no way that Jace is sitting Jet. There's I think no he way. would. There's no way. Jace, Jace is starting Jet. I don't think so. I think he start Kobe and sit Jet. Is that a <laughs> is that a subtle play some defense, bro? I, I don't know what it is, but I just know I know for a fact that would be the answer. And I would love the follow-up question to that by me. I would ask him if I look like I could be a Howard child. And if you have Jet and Jace, what would my name be? Jarter. Charter Howard. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. That does that sound that's a bad name. Uh yeah. I do do you think there's any hesitation in him cutting Hunter though? That was his boy last year. I mean, they were on the coast of Mykonos. Yeah, I know, but like he didn't his noodles didn't warm up in the microwave or whatever Jay said. <laughs> the, the, the kitchen Tupperware melted out in the pot or something like that. Something along those lines. We might have to see if I can get a real answer from Jace on this, by the way. Um, 
again, wish we were at media day. Would have loved to ask Jace this question, but Jace, if you want to feel free and just give us the answer, start bench cut Hunter jet Kobe would love to know. Uh, and final, by the way, can I get my answer quickly on that? Just yeah. you start Kobe, you bench Hunter, you cut jet cuts his brother. That's my answer for me. That's not my oh. answer for jet. If my, if I'm Jace, my answer is start jet bench Kobe cut Hunter. Okay. Yeah, but I'm I'm not Jace. You're, you are not. I'm not. Let's move on to our final question. The number one question we wish we would have asked at Big Ten Media today. To our good friend, the only way this is going to end, we would have gone to Coleman Hawkins. And we would ask Coleman this. Coleman, can you please list the top five point guards on this Illinois team? <laughs> What do you think Coleman's answer would be to that question? He he's putting himself one. <laughs> he's putting himself one. He's putting Ty Rogers two. <laughs> Terrence Shannon three. Harmon four. Gives Lawhorn five. Okay, I think you got the five guys right at least. But isn't isn't Moretti kind of point guardy? Yeah, oh man, scenes if he left gives Lawhorn off the list. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. That would be that would be the that would be the start. <laughs> that would be the beginning. That would be the moment they look back on if stuff went south during the season. So first of all, I want to just say this. This is not something Coleman ever does, but I think Coleman is smart enough. I think he would duck this question. If we actually asked Coleman Hawkins this question, I think Coleman's smart move would be to not do it, openly say he's ducking it, and then make a Hunter Dickinson reference. Like, that would be the best case answer for Coleman. Like, no, I'm just going to pull a Dickinson. I'm ducking this one. That would have been iconic. If he actually answered it, I don't think he would put himself at one. I don't think he'd do that. I think he'd play, like, the teammate card. Really? You think you think he'd be on the list, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He might be two. But, uh, yeah, man, I hope someone asks about Illinois point guard in general. I'm sure they will ask, like, Brad, and Brad will give a politically correct answer. But, man, this is why Sleepers Media needs to be at a day like this because we would ask the hard-hitting questions, okay? And, Coleman, if you want to answer this to your good friends on the Sleepers podcast, our door is always open. But uh, we'll clip this out today. Maybe we can get you to actually answer, Coleman. If you're watching this right now, I'm asking you, man-to-man, heart-to-heart, who are the top five point cards on this Illinois team? I just want to know. I also want to know what Tyler Underwood eats for breakfast. <laughs> right. uh, enjoy Big Ten Media Day. Hopefully you guys get some good content out there, any Big Ten basketball fans. And uh, hopefully in the future we can find our way back to that event. Hopefully they don't put it in like Washington, D.C. though. and or like It'll probably be in L.A. or Vegas, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, good. Realignment. All right, I asked you for this topic today. Um, I want to talk about the Kansas Jayhawks. And things are happening in the preseason. Jayhawks are kind of giving off some vibes that are not typically associated with a loaded preseason top five team or any Kansas basketball team that I've seen in a while. They are, however, giving off some vibes of a player's teams that I've seen for three years now and uh, very, very familiar with all of this. So I want to actually pull up a specific quote because Kansas had a scrimmage and basically Bill Self uh, was very unhappy. They had him mic'd up as this was happening and he was just like verbally 
bemoaning the effort of his team. He was asking uh, his assistant coaches to like take timeouts and just call guys out. He hit the podium after and had a quote that like he already had former players from Kansas texting him about like, man, I wouldn't want to be on that team this weekend. Practice is going to be horrible. I think he said, I'm going to kill him at practice. So uh, not only that, it wasn't just that stuff. They also can't make a shot. And that is going to matter for Kansas right now. So I want to read uh, a couple actual quotes from this right now. This is from an article. I don't know whose article it was, but Coy sent it to our Discord. And it said, uh, graduate guard Nick Timberlake can knock down the three, but he was the only one. Timberlake was the only Jayhawk to knock down the three with any regularity during the scrimmage. The Towson transfer shot three of five from deep, leading the blue team with 11 points. The rest of his team went 0 for 7 from downtown. And Kansas players collectively shot 19% from three. Bill Self said it was nice to see the ball go in for Nick. He's a good shooter, et cetera, et cetera. But outside of the performance of McCullough and Timberlake, the scrimmage was ugly. This is something that Self was none too pleased about. This is a quote from Bill Self. I've already had X players FaceTime me and say, are you kidding me? Christian Brown said, I wish I could be at practice on Sunday because you're going to kill them, aren't you? And the answer is yes. Just from a competitive standpoint, there wasn't anything out there. Nothing competitive and not making a shot. Two staples of every team that Hunter Dickinson has ever been on. <laughs> Your thoughts, Carter Elliott? Uh, I would say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Um, but we knew this was going to be an issue with this team and. For those who haven't seen the clips of this game, it was it was actually embarrassing for real. It truly was. I know like it was eating at Bill Self and some might hear those quotes and think like Bill Self's overreacting because like obviously you're not expecting like game like situations because it's like a, a scrimmage. The fans get to come. You do want to have some fun things involved in this. But it was like honestly, truly ugly, embarrassing level basketball for like a competitive standpoint and just execution. Uh, there was a clip of Hunter Dickinson like doing a piggyback ride mid play on KJ Adams, and you can hear Bill Self like, "Okay, like, uh, what what is going on out here?" Um, and it's actually not to overreact. This like th these are real concerns about like this 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 team. You know, obviously the Arterio Morris situation. He won't be on the team this season, and that leaves this Kansas team uh, sub one shooter. And sub one guy for depth, like they have 10, 10 scholarship players, I believe, on this team. So if guys aren't consistent, um, if, if someone gets hurt, God forbid, like this team might be in a very dangerous spot and first and faced with adversity. And some of the players and hashtag maybe leaders of this team have been known not to react too well to adversity on the court. So, I, you know, it's it's a fair concern. Um it, I mean, the box score was shocking. The clips of the game were shocking in itself. Um, it's definitely something I think Kansas fans and Kansas people like should worry about. It's it's giving me a sense of self doubt as someone who has Kansas as the number one team. Now I'm not gonna like bump them down and be like, oh, this this team isn't what I thought they were. But now I'm keeping it as a thought in the back of my head. Like, you know, this this team has some issues, and you could see where the wheels could fall off this team. But you could also see where they could be great. Yeah, so what I don't think we should do is overreact and make sweeping judgments off of 
uh, basically a midnight madness scrimmage, right? Like, it's, but at the same time, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. But again, I don't think Kansas's success as a basketball team has no correlation to how serious they took an intra squad scrimmage a month before the season starts. What you need to know, though, like if any Kansas fan is watching this, this is what you need to know. This is the hunter you're going to get. Like Hunter, for lack of a better word, is a goofball. He is obviously a massive personality. He likes playing the villain. He likes the spotlight. He just likes to mess around, or as Bill Self would say, jack around. Like any any locker room he's ever been in, the tone that Hunter sets is an unserious tone. And that, that happens from his actions, from his words, from everything he is as a person and a basketball player. It's just that that's how he approaches his career as a basketball player. And that's a difficult thing. I've said it in the past. Like if, if your best player is Hunter Dickinson, that can work. If your leader and the face of your team is Hunter Dickinson, it can't. And I think the more concerning elements of this, you hit on a little bit, it's depth and shooting. Like, I think you can kind of get over the the questions with Hunter if you actually put him on a roster that has shooters everywhere and has guys you can sub him out for. The reason it didn't work at Michigan was because they needed him to be an every night, 35 minute a game guy with guys who can't make open shots around him. And it's never, ever going to work, ever going to work. It's just not. And the premise of him going to Kansas was that it was going to open up different opportunities. Bill Self will go get shooters from the portal. Bill Self will have a loaded front court of guys that they can put in when Hunter's messing around. They don't have that. Like the the way this roster now is, if you take Hunter Dickinson out of the game, it's going to have to be KJ Adams at the five, which can work. That's a good backup center. But then you're thin at the four. You're thin everywhere else because of the guys that they lost, the guys that transferred out, Arterial Morris's legal issues. And that's really scary because these are the characteristics, the very specific characteristics that crushed Michigan last year. And let's be clear about it too, Cart. Michigan was not short on talent last year. Okay? They were short on depth and they were short on shooting. They were not short on talent. And a Hunter Dickinson-led team, could not get over the hump. Now you're under Bill Self. Everyone assumes it's going to be great, but man, it's like it's PTSD for me. And I'm not even rooting for Kansas, obviously, but I'm watching this from afar, just being like, these are the red flags. <laughs> and I- I'm so familiar with them. And again, don't want to overreact. It's a preseason scrimmage. How serious Hunter Dickinson took a preseason scrimmage should not say anything about how serious he will take the games in March. But back to last year. Cart, he's he flipped the switch and started taking shit serious too late last year. He because he did flip the switch. The final three weeks of the season, Hunter was dialed in, locked in. Every moment he was on the court was full go. He just did that when there was three weeks left in the season. It was too late. They were already in an IT team. So I don't see the early returns of this are that not much has changed here. And I think Kansas needs more from him in that sense than they're getting already. Yeah. Uh, and well, good thing for Kansas is at least like, you know, if it's, it's this type of mentality is happening or, you know, this type of play, I, I get it. It's a midnight madness type inner squad scrimmage. I get that. But at the same time, at least the ones that I've been a part of, even if they are like fun at some point, they get like competitive. It's like an all-star game, like the last 10 minutes or, you know, you want to win. You want to 
maybe hold it over the other team or the other guys or the backups on the team, or maybe the backups want to cook the starters. Like that should be the mentality coming into those type of things. Uh, I, I don't know it, but I still, with all this said, you know, Kansas is still my number one team in the country coming into the year. I think they're still a favorite. I don't think that should change anything, but I do think there are real concerns as far as depth and shooting on this team. And that's going to, Maybe be the uh, I don't know what the phrase like Achilles heel of this team. We'll see what that what what happens with that. Or if those two things, if the shooting doesn't come along, what what happens? Like, do, are we just feeding Hunter? Are we just attacking the rim? Like, what happens when the team isn't shooting well? And we're gonna have to see what that looks like. It's just gonna be really really fun to watch Bill Self try and navigate this. That's my biggest takeaway. Like, I think he's the best coach in the sport. I'm sure he'll figure it out. If there's one guy I would bet on to figure it out, yeah. it would be Bill Self. Right. But this is a challenge he's never had to deal with, in my opinion. Like managing Hunter Dickinson as a player emotionally and as a person and how he affects the rest of this locker room on a team with no depth and no shooting. It's one of the biggest challenges I've ever seen. It crushed Jawan Howard. We'll see if it will crush Bill Self. Um, and I don't know, man. I just uh like it's good to see Nick Timberlake make shots at least. Right. Can we yeah, that's big. that? Like that was one yeah, of our questions. Yeah. That's big. All right. Well, we'll come back to Kansas. I'm sure throughout the season, but kudos to Nick Timberlake for making shots. Uh, final segment of the day. We're going to go to our guy. Guy is back with another list. Uh, guy has made his breakout guys list for college basketball this season. Uh, in general, before we reveal the list, Car, any any thoughts on guys, breakout guys? Do you feel that we made the correct tweaks to this? Um, you know, obviously this isn't fun to listen to until we reveal the list, but what, what's your pulse on guys, breakout guys before we reveal the names? Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty solid list. Um, I think the wrong Michigan player is on this list, oh. in my opinion. Um, but I like I like the makeup of this list. I do. All right, let's reveal official names. This is what we got. Number one breakout player in college basketball this season. And again, qualification on this list, you must have started less than 60% of your games last season to qualify for this. Number one breakout guy should be obvious. It's Donovan Klingon. Number two, Riley Kugel. Number three, Kylan Boswell. Number four, Connor Asesian. Number five, Rylan Griffin from Alabama. Number six, David Joplin from Marquette. Number seven, Derek Simpson from Rutgers. Number eight, Kellel Ware from Indiana. Number nine, Emmanuel Sharp from Houston. Number 10, Terrace Reed from Michigan. And we have three honorable mentions here, all guys that uh, have some sort of Big Ten element to them. Malik Hall from Michigan State, Felix Akpara from Ohio State, and Jaden Epps at Georgetown. I like that list. After reading through those names, I, I like this list in general a lot. Uh, where do you start with this? What would you change? I like this list a lot. Uh, I do. Um, I think that Doug McDaniel. Oh no, he started too many games. My apologies. So he could, he didn't he wouldn't he wouldn't qualify for this list actually. Um, so I take back the comment on the wrong Michigan guy. Well, uh, you could change the criteria. You can criticize the criteria. No, I think the cri- I think the criteria makes sense. It, okay. it does make sense. Even, you know, I guy was mad know. at me. I pushed it. Guy wanted it at 50% and I pushed it up to 60 to get a couple names on this list. We'll, we'll push it up to 85. <laughs> we push it up to guys who started. We don't care. We just think they're going to break out. Um, but if I had to move one guy up on this list, I think Jay Nepp should find his way into the top 10. 
just because I think part of being a breakout guy is having more ample opportunities. And I think at Georgetown, he's going to be getting them up and he's going to play a lot. And I think that's going to lead to stats being there. Um, and just because I've mentioned it on other ones, I'm very interested to see this Joplin into Marquette like transition. I've mentioned it on other podcasts. I know he showed things last year. I know that they expect him to come in and play extremely well. And a lot of people are extremely high on him too. Like this is, it's pretty consensus across like, you know, most media spaces, people you talk to that he's going to take a step. Even Coach Smart himself, uh, I know some of the guys we know have asked Coach Smart, who's the guy who's going to break out? Who's the guy who's had a really good summer? And he's brought him up. I'm just, you know, that's a lot of pressure. That's a that's a bigger role he's coming into. I'm interested to see how that looks. Uh, and then obviously, I love that my guy Derek Simpson's on this list. I, I think he's going to be really good for Rutgers this season. Um, you know, the, obviously the Geo Baker comparisons are there, but I think he can be better than Geo Baker. I, I, I do, uh, as far as consistency and scoring wise. So, uh, I really like this list. A lot of players I like on this list. I don't think there's anyone on this list that I'm like, eh, don't want them there. I want to, uh, I want to put some spotlight on a name. I don't think we've talked about it enough here. Riley Kugel was absurd to end the season for Florida. Yeah. And it's like, really good. I knew he was good, but I went back and looked at like the numbers behind his hot finish. It's one of the most absurd stretches I've ever seen. Um, He he basically shot above 50% from the floor in eight of his final 10 games. He scored 12 points or more in all of them, but most of these games were above 20, like 15, 18, 12, 17, 24, 20, 19, 21, 14. That was the final nine games of the season. It was like Todd Golden just decided like, oh, he's not a 19-minute-a-game guy anymore. I'm going to play him the whole game. And he became this offensive engine the likes of Florida hasn't had since before Mike White was even there. I, uh, I'm i really intrigued by it because I got to be honest, I'm pretty jealous. I feel like they got their Kobe Bufkin back. Like the expectations for Riley Kugel this season are what I would have expected from Kobe if he was back for his junior year. And – uh Honestly, I think he's like a lottery pick. I think he could be a first-team All-American. I think he could be the SEC Player of the Year. So I really like that call-out. It's hard to displace Donovan Klingon at one, but I think like if we were tearing this up, I think those two are like first-team All-American caliber breakouts, and then everybody else on this list is like, maybe they're an all-conference guy. Maybe they can be a first option. Uh, I don't think Connor Asijin is in the right spot here at four, and that's not disrespect. We love Connor Asijin here. I said last year he was my favorite player in the Big Ten. I stand by that. Love watching the kid play. I just think AJ Store is really redundant to a Connor Asijin breakout. And I would love to be wrong on that. But I keep saying it in various forms. In order to take a leap or take a jump production-wise, you need opportunity. And I don't think a starting shooting guard playing next to a shoot-first Chucky Hepburn point guard and now another guy who's supposed to take a sophomore leap I don't think that benefits a Connor Asijin breakout. I think that could come a year from now as a junior, maybe if Chucky Hepburn isn't his point guard anymore, not to speak that into existence. But um, other than that, though, I, I'm pretty good with this. I don't have many issues. I don't I, – I'll say I can't believe Malik Hall is on the honorable mention list. Like, is that is that just Carter fan service? Is that what we're doing? Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. Like a 23-year-old breakout guy who is super injured all the time. 
Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know how I necessarily feel about that one, but also it, I guess his his breakout into consistency could happen. Uh, one last little take I want to get off here is that I think the breakout guy for Indiana will be Renault, not Ware. Oh, elaborate on that one for me because I I like Ware's inclusion. I like Ware's inclusion because his breakout could look like top ten NBA draft pick. I think that Renault right now, even if he doesn't break out, you're getting a guy who is probably going to average like nine, nine and nine and six, uh, where floor could be not even on the Indiana team. Like he, he could be, he could get DMPs like that. There's a world where that happens. It happened at Oregon. So I, I think there's another step for Renault. And it seems that like Indiana fans don't think that's going to happen. Like every time I mention Renault, it seems that in our comments, people are like, oh, I don't know what you see. Like, what's why is he gonna why is he gonna break out? No, it's where that's gonna break out. Uh I I mean, Renault was really had a really good freshman season having to play behind Trace Jackson Davis. And I, I don't know. I just feel like the stats match it up. And honestly, just my eyes, like the, the games I saw Renault play, I think that he could be a he could have a breakout season. I just don't know if it's gonna happen. But if I had to pick a breakout guy from Indiana. I think I might pick Renault over where I love when your eyes speak to you. First of all, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm in on where I, I hear your argument. I think one of them at the end of the year will definitely be on this list. I would give it like a 51% edge to where 49% edge to Renault. Uh, but there's also a world where Mackenzie and is just the best player on that team very clearly. And neither of them are breakout guys. Indiana just needs at minimum one of them to really be superstar mode. I think, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I just want to add, you already said it, but I want to echo Derek Simpson. Love the pick. I would go so far as to say he should be the top point guard on this list. No disrespect to Boswell, but uh, don't know how easy it is to break out as a guard if you're playing next to Caleb Love. Said it before. That's yeah. going to be an obstacle to a Boswell breakout, in my opinion. Derek, Derek Simpson's the whole show, right? And not saying being the whole show on a Rutgers offense is the greatest resume booster, but... Uh, I think he could look really, really good. We yeah. love that kid can go. I literally, I remember, I'll never forget one watching him last year just on TV. But when me and you showed up to that very first game uh, at the Big Ten tournament, and it was Rutgers, and I was like, Derek Simpson can go. Like, there's something there with him. Yeah. He, uh, I think there's a lot of similarities between him and Doug, honestly, in my opinion. And I think uh, almost as much as we and everyone keeps talking about, Bruce Thornton, I think Simpson and Doug deserve a little more of a push here. And so good to see Simpson on the list. Uh, great job, Guy. Want to call that out. This is my favorite list that you've done thus far, Guy. So kudos. Uh, guy the List Guy continuing to help us out with huge engagement. We have some more creative projects in the works with Guy. He's got an idea for something he wants to do during in the season that I'm very excited about. And uh, most importantly, a lot of these just come back to puns about the name Guy, which I absolutely love. Guy's giving yeah. us Guy puns. I can't can't wait for the season to get here. Uh, let's get to our one big thing. We almost hit our time limit today, by the way. We did. I, that's pretty good. And I feel it even like because I feel like we were going off on kind of little little longer winded tangents. I think we did pretty good. Credit to us. I, I would give this like a nine out of ten episode today. I thought it was pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, I yeah. agree. All right. What's your one big thing presented by Bigby? Uh, my one big thing is that my team at Big Ten Media Day, they got that shit on. That's that's my one big thing. And just so you know, Malik Hall 
Jay Nakins, Tyson Walker, and AJ Hogard are the participants at Big Ten Media Day. And I know some people only listen to the audio version of this, but just know that my guys got that shit on. Okay. I mean, they put it together. There are some, these are some bits. Just I just want to let that be known. This is a big ten. This looks like a big ten championship team. Okay. I didn't mean to cut out Malik there. You didn't cut out Malik. We saw it the first time, but <laughs> I appreciate you bringing it back. Uh, wait, the more interesting thing to me is this, Carter. Last season, they sent Madi Sissoko. This season, they did not send Madi Sissoko. What does that say about Madi Sissoko? He's a senior, right? I mean, this uh-huh. is that you send your seniors normal. That's an Izzo move. There's no Madi Sissoko immediately. That says something to me. But it's not his last media day. They sent they sent the whole group last year. What is the, it's like a? I feel like someone just got uninvited from the birthday party here. Uh, probably athletic budget cuts because we got some payments coming up. I'm gonna run with this. Uh, actually, no, maybe I'll prod DK or somebody else to run with this. You should run with this as a, a sign that Carson Cooper is gonna start game one. <laughs> the fact that he's not there, so the agenda is honestly. Great. It would have been hilarious if. Is always just like messing with the fan, but he just brought Carson Cooper to media day. You do you realize the the discourse that would have went on around the around the fan base? I feel like if I was a Big Ten head coach, I would play a lot of games in media day. Like Matt Painter, there's that clip going viral of him last year where he came out and was like opening statement. Uh, you know, didn't have that great of a summer to be honest. Everyone's like, huh? He's like, well, you guys just expect everyone to say we had a great summer, right? Has anybody ever had a bad summer? And then his team was awesome. Like I would pull a lot of tricks like that. Uh, if I was coaching Michigan State this year, I would bring the three centers and not bring the guards. I think that would be hilarious. Everyone's the exp- best backcourt in the country, and I have Kohler, Cooper, and Sissoko there. Uh, just a lot of different ways you could go with having fun on media day. So yeah, I would do the same. Yeah, it would be fun. All right. Uh, my one big thing, I want to send a warning shout out to a rival of mine, a duo rival of mine in my fantasy football league in the one that I care about here. This is a, a warning shot in a, it's our family football league, which is the league of college basketball media people that we are in. My biggest obstacle, my biggest threat, currently the first place team in our league is the algorithm boys, AKA Evan Miyakawa and Riley Davis. They are the best team in this league. They have scored the most points. They are also my utmost nemesis. I despise the way they do business Anytime you try to talk trade with them, it's I got to see a spreadsheet of Miyakawa's numbers that are proprietary to his own brain that he pretends are more critical to success than anybody else's evaluation of players. It's very difficult. Uh, So yesterday we were discussing trade, right? Uh, And (laughs) I, I have Anthony Richardson. He got hurt. I need a QB. It's a two QB league. They have CJ Stroud sitting on their bench. So just floated. Is there something here? I don't like doing business with my biggest rival. I'm trying to slit your throat. I'm not trying to help you get better. But ultimately, I needed to make a move. They offer me DeAndre Swift and CJ Stroud for Tony Pollard. I knew I was going to accept this deal at like noon yesterday, Carl. I want to give you a little inner vision into my inner workings. Knew I was going to accept the deal. What I then proceeded to do was spend about six hours with these two 
nickel and diming them, stringing them along, trying to get them to give me additional value, even though I knew I was already going to accept the deal. So that mm. that involved me asking Evan to send me his numbers, seeing a look into the spreadsheet, all of this like just negotiation tactics. Meanwhile, what these two don't know, these two think that they're about to get Tony Pollard and get the best player in this deal, and that's it, yada, yada. My team's probably screwed. I'm going to take a step back. What they don't know is that I'm already two steps ahead of them at all times, Carter Elliott. I'm back channeling a different deal using the players I'm going to get from their deal to help make my team better in the end. So about 6.30 p.m., I get a note that the deal with Algo Boys has gone through. Pleasure doing business. Here, take Tony Pollard. Your team's very good, and now you have Tony Pollard. That is scary. I'm not minimizing that. Verbally had an offer with Drew Robinson, All Facts Media, that gets me Jalen Hurts and Garrett Wilson for a couple of my bench receivers, CJ Stroud and DeAndre Swift. So Algo boys, just want to say thank you. Pleasure doing business with you. You just got me Jalen Hurts, and my team is now Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. That's a good enough quarterback duo that can single-handedly win me the championship when I see you in the fantasy playoffs. Your warning shot has been sent out. I'm three steps ahead of your spreadsheet, gentlemen. Hope everyone has a great day. We'll be back on a Wednesday on the Sleepers podcast. If you want to slide in our DMs and yell at us, you're more than welcome. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs)